Test one, two, test one, two. Stop. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve. Nick Reynolds, Steve Harness, and Cousin Brewski. The Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve. Welcome to the show, y'all. It's the Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve, all of Brewski. Back for another exciting episode. Wait till we get to it. We have a lot of things to talk about that you may not be talking about already. In fact, you're probably not. Uh, normally we do 60 minutes. I'm proposing we do 60 seconds today. Steve's <laughs> on <the> podcast. <laughs> you know what, dude? Let me tell you this. That I went camping this weekend, uh, and it was hot. There were a lot of mosquitoes. Rachel got eaten up by mosquitoes. Yep. She felt it very important to tell me about every 15 minutes. You see these mosquito bites? Aren't they huge? They're terrible. Right. You're acting like Rachel, dude. I get it. You're hot. You ready? Well, that's a compliment. You love Rachel. <laughs> so I, I appreciate that. Steve had to change his underwear in between episodes because he's so hot right now. Yeah. Uh, same heat wave going on here and in my studio upstairs in this A-frame house. It's literally 100 degrees up here. So, yeah, we record our episodes back-to-back. And in between, I just went and changed my underwear because I'm soaked through. I'm in a black leather chair. That may not be the best studio chair. You got your ball fan on, dude? Oh, I do. I got a ball fan under the desk. I got a big one over here off to the side blowing on me off the camera. Like, Even if I don't take it out and play with it, I still like seeing it. So. <laughs> This is my dedication to the show, though. But yeah, everyone was chatting between the show, and I jumped on. I'm like, can we? Okay, I don't want to chat. Let's just get, we got to get the show going. (laughs) But now we're recording, so if we want to chat, you know, that's what we're here for. So love to chat it up. That's what we do on the show. Uh, See our webpage, by the way, thevocalminority.net. All our socials are there. Okay, today, what are we talking about? We got some, uh, some things that happen behind closed doors, I guess, is the, uh, the theme of today's show, whether it's sexual or other quirks that people do behind closed doors. I found this article that it's basically a bunch of things. It says that we all do behind closed doors, but don't want to admit to people. All of us. That's what they claim. Yeah, I mean, we'll certainly see. some people do all these things, but do we do all of these? There's 15 things on the list, so. We'll see. I don't believe I do all of them. I bet we do most of them, though. Yeah, have you read it? I skimmed through the first couple to see if it was anything good. and okay. yeah, It was intriguing. So, And by the way, I should give proper credit here. This is from Health Means Wealth, a story by J.D. Verklockel. Love him. He's uh, good. Big fan of his work, I know. Yeah. Uh, the first one on the list, uh, and I get busted doing this a lot in my life, talking to oneself out loud. I constantly talk to myself in front of people by myself. So, yeah, yeah it's not a secret thing. I do it all the time. Yeah, I know we all have a mental monologue going. Um, but, yeah, you guys actually talk out loud, huh? Yes. yes. I wonder if it is a result of our careers, because that's where I feel it started with me, where I professionally am constantly verbalizing my thoughts. And I feel like that's, ever since I started in radio, I feel like that's how I mentally talk to myself now it's it just interesting articulate sort of thought out entertaining sort of way never thought about it dude of why i do it i never thought about it you see this is a steve for better or for worse is an overthinker i don't think about stuff like this i can't bog (laughs) this intelligence down with that kind of thinking but you're probably right dude Uh, rachel tells me all the time you know when you're annoyed with your person just stuff that you deal with on the daily. She's like, gosh, do you ever stop talking? Do you ever <laughs> stop talking? I hear you over in the kitchen. You're talking. I talk to my pets all the time. Come on. Oh, yeah. They don't know what I'm talking about, but I do it all the time. 
Yes. I sometimes, like when you talk out loud to yourself, is it full volume? Because sometimes people catch me, I don't realize I'm actually like whispering whatever I'm thinking. Like it's coming out of my mouth and I don't realize it. But right, yeah. someone's just like, what did you just say about garbage disposal? So I was like, could you hear that? <laughs> I was just thinking about them. <laughs> right. Your internal monologue is loud. Right. All right. Uh, speaking of which, can I just say as an aside, something you said before when we were setting this uh, this one up is that everyone has an internal monologue. Yeah. Did you know that's not true? Well, I'll tell you. And when I said that, I started thinking about this. Somebody showed me an article a couple of years ago saying that only about 90-something percent of us have an internal monologue, and some people don't. And I don't accept that at all. I don't understand how that could be. How do you think about what you want for dinner? You just immediately have a thought and you go with that. it. You don't think, do I want pizza? Do I want hamburgers? Like That's what they say, that everything, when they have a thought, it's the thought that they go to. I mean, that's, that's a psychotic person. That's a robot, dude. Right. Bruski, can you fathom not having an internal monologue? No, I mean, I, I have full-on conversations with myself as right. if I were sitting there talking to you guys. Exactly. I think the people that answered that survey or were part of that study, they don't know what an internal monologue is. Because, A, there's no way to prove that people do or don't have it, obviously. So sure. you have to have gotten that fact off of surveying people somehow. And, I wonder yeah. if their brainwaves are different. Like if you CAT scan them or, you know, put them in the machine, see if their brainwaves are different. Yeah, they say 10% don't have it. Yeah, roughly. Yeah. Would you say that 10% of this population of the Earth is in a coma? Yeah. I mean, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah. mental disorders that would fall yeah. under that umbrella. Yeah, yeah. Let's, something's not right with your brain if you don't have a monologue. Let's take a brief second to uh, tie into Brucey's inner monologue here, real quick, to see if he's doing it. Someone get me some Cheetos. Oh, wow, dude. <laughs> right. Exactly. So okay, so we all talk out loud. So okay, so we're. Uh, I'm going to keep score here. We got one so far, and all three of us do that one. So that's interesting. Uh, the next one. I don't know. This is kind of a cop out, but. Uh, um, feeling that you're not good enough or so-called imposter syndrome is a common experience for many people where they doubt their accomplishments, skills, or abilities. Uh, talking about it openly is a challenge because individuals often worry about being judged and vulnerable by others. A hundred percent. I got it. But, uh, with a slight perspective change or maybe just some thought, I have put thought into this. Isn't that also gratitude? I mean, sometimes I do feel like I can't believe that I do what I do for a living. This is how I earn my living. Yeah. Uh, and I always have wondered at times, when are people going to realize that I don't have any clue what I'm doing? Like, I'm just, I'm just doing this. I do. I know Rachel has those feelings in law. Like, when are people going to know, dude? Right. I think everyone probably wonders if they're if they're good enough or could be better or whatever. But actual imposter syndrome, like that's a real thing that a therapist can diagnose you with. And I was with a woman who had that. And when she first told me about it, I kind of thought the same thing. Like hey, everyone's got self-doubt and whatnot. But true imposter syndrome is you doubt yourself to such level that you start self-sabotaging your career, your relationships, mm. whatever it is. And that yeah. that's a different level. So I don't think everyone's got imposter syndrome. But you'd probably be a terrible human if you never thought that you could be better or do something differently or whatever. The inclination with imposter syndrome is to self-sabotage because mm. you, you you think you're about to get busted, you know. So I'm going to just sabotage this job I'm at. I'm going to sabotage my relationship. I mean, I oh. I saw that up close and personal, and uh, I saw her do it in every aspect of her life. Self-doubt to a tenth degree. Bruski, do you feel you uh, you're not good enough? Do you ever wonder? 
I don't know about that. I mean, I, I sometimes question about things that I've done in my life that maybe I should have done differently. I could have been in a, a different position. Yeah, I think you that know. falls under this umbrella. Yeah, and then you get disappointed in yourself because you're like, "Oh, geez, am I just completely peeing my life away?" and, and that sort of thing. And right. I always think I've done my best, you know, and that's one of the things my shrink always tells me. Like, all you can do is your best, and you know, let it go from there. So, but yeah, I feel that there's things I could have done better in all sorts of scenarios. And hindsight is twenty twenty, but. If you're listening to this going, nope, I never doubt myself at all. You got a freaking problem, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I would say the more dangerous of the two, right? right? Exactly. So, all right. I'm Mark Sometimes I feel like I haven't done my best. Is that a Monday morning quarterback thing, or is it just me in reality? Like, you could have tried a lot harder, dude. You didn't really put yourself into that. I think that's good self-awareness. If in hindsight yeah. I could have put more effort in, that's just Absolutely. being a good human. All right. So we have imposter syndrome or we don't? I'm going to clarify that. The, the main headline was feeling you're not good enough. And I'm going to okay. say yes for that. The actual imposter syndrome, I disagree that everyone feels that way. Okay. So I don't know if any of us have that, but we certainly, I, I think any good human wonders every now and again if they've done a good enough job or could do sure. something better. So, yeah. All right, two for two on that. Yep. Uh, this one, uh, I don't know how we could do the show without this. Judging others. <laughs> judging. <laughs> <laughs> judging is a natural human tendency and part of decision-making. Uh, we judge based on observations and past experiences. It is unrealistic to shut off our judgments uh, completely of others. And, yeah, this show is basically us just judging everyone. So. <laughs> This is a thought. No matter if it's religion or just like a life lesson that you follow, we shouldn't judge people is what they say, right? But why don't they ever consider that some judgments are good? Like, oh, man, when I say, God, that guy's really great. He does such a good job. I'm still judging him. I'm just judging him in a positive light. That's fair. Yeah. Complimenting someone would still be a judgment. But also the other way, like I can say that Charles Manson is a bad person. I just judged him, but that's probably a sign that I have a healthy brain. Child yeah. molester, should I be like, oh, don't judge him just because he diddles little boys. That'd be bad of you to judge him. It keeps us safe. It keeps us uh, <laughs> as good people to be able to judge. For Lent one year, Rachel was like, I'm going to give up judging and talking about other people. Yeah, for I'll Lent this year. Yeah, she's a I'll lawyer. Last. She's a right. lawyer. It's, it's part of her job. <laughs> but <laughs> she meant personally. Like Rachel loves to come home and spill the tea. Dude. Did you hear so and so did this? You know, like in our friend group or sure. whatever. Yes. She gave it up for Lent. She was like, "I'm going to give it up. I'm going to do it." And she lasted a, about six to seven hours. <laughs> I think it's a natural human thing to do. And actually, yes. yeah, it's a it's a moral compass kind of thing. You yeah, know, you're judging people that you think are differently than you. And this came up in my therapy recently. I was talking about some people that eh, are hanging out with the Hindenburg, and I I don't like that. Uh, I don't think it's appropriate to. I remember I had said if my friend's wife did to him what you know was done to me, I wouldn't be hanging out with his wife. Nope. And my, and my therapist was like, "But that's your moral compass." And I said, well, yeah, but that's how I judge others, too. Like, if child molesting, you know, my moral compass does not agree with that. So, yeah, I don't think it's okay to hang out with you if you do think that's okay. These are morals, dude. Right. So my point is, judging other people, it grounds you in the right and wrong and probably helps you determine on your own end, should I be, you know, breaking bro code laws or breaking laws or whatever it is. Where do you think they came up with uh, judge not, let's not be judged? Judge not. 
What? <laughs> Judge <laughs> Judge himself? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's that thing, yes. Yeah, Judge Judy, dude. Come on. Judge so there we go. Is that we three for three? We are, actually, yes. All right. All right. Three for three. Next one on the list. And, again, these are uh, 15 things we're all guilty of doing behind closed doors. We're all guilty. How about this one? Read but unseen. Uh, someone commented that uh, reading the lock screen preview of a text but intentionally not opening it so it doesn't get flagged as read. Yes, I've done it, and I don't. First of all, if you have your scene, you your know read receipts. Yeah, your read receipts, so I can tell when you've read it. Yep. Kudos to you. I'm not that man. In fact, I I de- I accidentally turned it on one time, and Steve kindly called me, and he was like, "Hey, just so you know, your read receipts are on." And I was like, oh, <laughs> "Lord, that's nice of you to tell me that, dude." Yes. It's like having food on your face. It's polite to point out to someone that if you're meaning to do that, that's fine, I suppose. But I don't think you meant to do it because, yeah, even, you know, as as good a friends of Nick and I are, like, I'll I'll read it when I get to it and I'll reply it when I get to it. Like, yeah. But, yeah, when you have the read receipts on, you got to be careful. Now, yeah. I've had relationships, my ex-wife and ex-girlfriend, where we had them on as a courtesy to each other. Uh, more so, you can see I read it. Like, obviously, I'll reply what I can get to it. But at least you saw I read it. You know, right. Thing. But I don't. I turn them off with everyone else because it's none of your damn business. If it's that urgent, pick up the phone and call me. Yes. Here's the thing. This text, all the smartphone, everything, I know I sound old, but it has given us the ability and, in fact, the duty to feel like we have to be always immediately accessible. Like, that's yeah. not fair, dude. You can't mentally stay healthy without having some privacy in your life. Of yeah, I, Maybe I'm taking a dump right now. Right. Maybe I'm talking to my wife. Like, I'll be there. You'll see when I see it. It's a lack I'll of faith to assume you're not going to reply. Like, it, why isn't he replying already? Like, that, <laughs> that's on my end. Like, give him are more you, space. So. Are you that insecure, dude, that you just wonder, has he read it? Has he read it? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he read it and he hasn't responded. Come on. I mean, there are some scenarios. Like, uh, J- Jamie and I had fought about this once because I'm like, listen, Jamie is terrible at replying to texts. And I told her, like, that's your thing. That's fine, but not with me. Like, I'm your husband, we have kids together, yes. so I need you to respond to me in a timely fashion, Agreed. not just when you get to it. Yeah. But for everyone else, like, no, I trust you to reply when you get to it. Yeah. I normally have my do not disturb on when I'm home sleeping after working all night. Yeah. But I, I make an exception on the do not disturb that my sister's the only call that can get through. It's funny you do that. I do the same thing. I mean, I have a, my family can call me if there's an emergency, then they, I want them to get through. I think I have you guys on there and, uh, you know, obviously Rachel, my family. So yeah, that's it. My mom, sister. Anybody else, you can go to voicemail and I'll get back to you later on. Yep. All right. Next thing on the list, things that we're all guilty of doing. And we did that one, so let me give us another point there. Four for four. Four for four so far. Next one on the list. Uh, <laughs> uh, picking your nose. There are two types of people in this world. Those that pick their nose in private and liars. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I think I've told you guys before, I love to pick my nose, dude. I love to pick my nose. I mean, I don't uh, do it out in public, but it, when I'm in my home, I pick my nose at least once or twice a day. I don't understand the notion that you can simply blow all of the snot out that's in there. Like, no, sometimes you got to do a little fine tuning. You got to get a specific region in there. Like, the Kleenex is not good enough. So, yeah, 
Yeah. It's an orifice, dude. You don't feel like we have to clean it? You clean your ears. Why isn't that gross? Exactly. Well, and sometimes when you blow your nose, it doesn't quite get everything out. And sometimes you have to, like, kind of dislodge something. It's right. just, sometimes it's, like, it's hard it's, and crusty. you got to, you know, lodge it loose. I you know, blow and, my nose maybe twice a year. I'm not a fan of blowing my nose, dude. I pick my nose, and I have a navage. What else? Not rockets. Do, do those count as blowing, as blowing your nose? nose? Yes. That's the only way I do blow my nose. I hate Kleenexes. They always get all over my face. The snot still gets oh. out my face and stuff. Like, no, just snot rocket it. I'm going to show my, my age and, and be the old man here, but... Please don't I tell so- me you have a handkerchief. I have many handkerchiefs. Oh. <laughs> uh, do you have one in your pocket for you and one in your pocket for your lady? No, I keep, I, I use handkerchiefs. I'm like so anal about this. When I wash them, they have to be in hot water and bleach. Sure. Yeah. Are you they white I mean? handkerchiefs? Yes, they are. Wow. I got to look for my dad. When I was a kid, my dad always had handkerchiefs. There and then I, I started to use them. And so, yeah. That's where it comes from, dude. This will make me sound old and fat. When I go to somewhere really hot, dude, I always have a sweat rag with me. Oh, <laughs> I mean, absolutely. you know, to wipe my forehead down, wipe the yeah. back of my Southern neck. gentleman. Always <laughs> <laughs> it's not, dude. It is, uh, you know, I'm Al Bundy. I got to say it's a sweat rag. <laughs> I've, I've got the bandanas. And mine are usually blue. Well, as previously discussed on this show, I do snot rocket. And if you look in my bathroom mirror, you'll see the shrapnel, you know, residue. <laughs> If you didn't have a woman and kids coming to your house, yeah. uh, how often would you make those go away on your mirror, those snot boogers? That's a good question, because it doesn't bother me as much as I've been told it bothers everyone else. So, I mean, I clean the bathroom once a week, and that's part of the routine. But uh, if it was just me, bachelor life, I'd probably stretch that out a little bit further. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I recently, uh, Dottie came over to my house kind of unannounced. Like, we were down at her place, and then we kind of spontaneously decided to come up here. <laughs> and I told her, like, I haven't cleaned the house. And she's like, well, you stop. Like, you know, please, I don't care if your house is messy. And I'm like, oh, boy. Sure, sure, sure. And we get to my house. I immediately grab Windex and paper towels and head straight to my bathroom. Because I'm like, the other dust or whatever, I don't care about. But I've got to clean that bathroom mirror. You are not allowed to see that. It's like that yeah. person uh, coming to your house. You run in real quick and and spray for the weed smell, you know. <laughs> right. I wasn't expecting company. <laughs> so yeah, sorry. Right. Everyone picks their nose. We'll keep that on the list. I feel like Michael Stipe should write a song about that. <laughs> everybody picks their nose and everybody bleeds. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> All right. Next one on the list. Uh, <clears throat> contemplating alternative scenarios. Uh, according to a writer, many people uh, secretly think. Oh, uh, what if or what would have been different in life if I had made different choices, such as not marrying a particular person, different, you know, home state, different, different, whatever. I will say this. I do not do that. I used to do that a lot. You don't ever, even in the stage of life, though, wonder what if you had moved from Seattle? What if you had done a different career choice? I work very hard not to do that. <laughs> so I don't. I'm doing pretty good right now because... Boy, I don't want to be filled with that. I don't think it's a great emotion. You know, I don't, I don't like it. So. Yeah. Brewski? Oh, yeah, I've, I've done it any number of times. Just kind of questioning things I did in my life. Did I not do enough in school? Did I not? Especially, it's going to sound awful, but especially when I have passengers in the car and I hear them just talking about stuff like, these these kids that are like 23, 24, get their first job out of college, and they're bitching about only making 80 grand a year. Sure. You know, so, and I'm thinking to myself, 
Yes. Holy crap, where did it go wrong for me? Yeah. See, and that's what I'm talking about. Doesn't that make you so sad? It does. I'm not ignorant to it, but I, like I said, I've worked very hard not to think about that stuff because there's nothing we could do about it, and that makes I me know. eternally sad. I hate that. Yeah, absolutely. It does. It does. I and agree with what Bruce is saying. I've, uh, I've gotten to know more California types that are in the tech industry and all sorts of other industries. And even Dottie, you know, getting ready to graduate nursing school and looking at her career options. I just think, like, did I, your first job, you're going to make 180 grand a year? Holy crap. Like, did I make the worst choices in the world? <laughs> <laughs> My career stressed the crap out of me. Radio, you know, you're always coming and going, station formats changing. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. So. You want to know the truth to your answer though, or your question? You want to sure. know the truth to I it? Do. Is that, yeah, you made some mistake. You made a mistake, dude. <laughs> and, and now what? And, and maybe, you know, in some regards, you made a mistake. You should have done things different. You did. But yeah. you made some great so, decisions that have you far better than a lot of people. It's that, yeah. Listen, I've had nothing but a lot of fun in, in our radio careers. I just hate the lack of job security in radio. And, like, right now, if I lost my job today, I'm qualified to go work in 100 radio stations, but none of them are in this town. I'd have to start right. hopscotching around the country and doing that whole thing, and that's just not indicative to my life. So that's where I start to wonder, you know, did I make the right choices? But it's at every job, dude. You ask your dad, a successful, like, a renowned doctor that's created, you know, uh, different procedures for cancer, dude. Did I make the best decisions? He's going to say no. I know Rachel questions like, should I have done this? Why didn't I do that? We can't do anything about it. No, that's fair. My grandfather told my dad on his deathbed, and my grandfather was a successful patent attorney. He started a law firm that is now one of the biggest intellectual property law firms in the country. And uh, he told my dad on his deathbed, I work too much. You don't make the same mistake I did. And my dad said, like, I have. I already, I've already done it. So he tried to tell me essentially the same thing. And it's part of why I'm glad I went into a job that I do enjoy. I do have fun with radio. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff. But, yeah, every now and again when they're like, oh, you're starting off a of Google at 220 grand a year and you're bitching about you only got limited stock options. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> And yeah, you have the courage to go on, you know. <laughs> I'm not sitting in some cubicle all day, so at least there's that. But uh, dude, I'll tell you, your I mean, your grandpa had a lot in common with the majority. When my dad was dying I, on his deathbed, which is odd that we have a bed that's made for death, but he didn't right. mention any of that stuff, dude. I mean, it was if you really think about it on your deathbed, what do you hope you say? God, I loved, I laughed, you know, I had great relationships. Like, that's what you're going to think about. I would hope so. I mean, I want to die regretting everything, but uh, I guess if I had words of wisdom for my kids, maybe. But, you know, my dad always taught me, do what you love and the money will follow. Well, that's not true. Uh, <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> I've done what I love and I'm scraping by. Like, I'm waiting for the actual money to kick in one of these days. So with my kids, I've told them, like, maybe you do a job so that you can then afford to go do things you love. Like, there are some careers mm. that, that pay you well and have security and and then you can go do whatever, you know, like, so I don't, I don't know what the right answer is. You really got to think that it's got to be sooner than later, because we do as just a, a species think we have all the time. We have all the time. Yeah. My that was the one thing from my dad. They bought a place in Arizona and we're going to spend summers down there and they didn't start doing it. And they were like a year away from being able to do it. 
And then my dad got real sick, dude. He couldn't do it. And he was like, I should have done that earlier. That was a huge regret of it's time to clock out. Right. As we approach 50 and Brewski just passed 50, you're like, I can see the horizon all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering, so we'll see. But All right, I'm still going to give us a point for that. Brewski and I do it still. Nick, you've done it before. so Sure. Uh, let's see. Uh, things we're all guilty of doing behind closed doors. All the lies. Uh, someone said, uh, sometimes I lie about unnecessary things just because the truth will take too long to explain. <laughs> and I'd give a quick wrong answer instead. So everyone lies. It's insane. That's so, funny. Nick just told a story on the show about making up an entire family because someone at a social event was like, how are your kids? And Nick didn't want to explain the truth, so he just made up a family. <laughs> so I've, I've lied to the people, you know the people outside the supermarket that want you to, to sign a petition and that sort sure. of thing? Yeah. And they think of when they say, are you a registered voter? I said, no, felon. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but, but here's the best part. Here's the best part. Because if it was just that, that's okay. The, the, whatever. That's not the fun part. <laughs> the fun part is the question that happens after that, because it always happens. Well, what'd you do? No. <laughs> <laughs> I look at him dead straight in the eye, and I say, insider trading. Just say no. Uh, you got to be a more aggressive liar, dude, when they ask you, you want to uh, register to vote? Say, I'm a pedophile, and pull your pants down. Dude, they won't ask you anything, I promise. Or when they no, say, but... what'd you do? You say, I murdered a solicitor. You know? Right. <laughs> you lie to people, Harness? Yeah, I mean, I suppose so. I mean, I I don't do, like, overt lies to uh, people that I give a crap about in this world. But, um, you know, running a business, sometimes you got to fudge the truth of the facts a little bit here and there. And, uh, sometimes talking about life lessons with your kids, you may need to leave some details out or uh, keep yes. it each appropriate, which could be a lie. Like, oh, uh, wait, wait, what? What do you mean? Like, uh, giving sex talks or something like that, you tone it down or... Well, you know, medical issues. I don't want to scare the kids telling, you know, you know, dad got a right. test back that's not right. Now I need to go have a procedure done or some new medication or something. Like, you know, is that a lie if they say, what'd you do today? And I don't mention I was at the doctor. Like, I suppose it is. But it's probably for the better, though. I get what you're saying. Trying to keep it age appropriate and all that. So, yeah. But you know what, though? Omitting things is not actually lying. Oh, and boy. That's... My ex-wife tried to pull that crap on me. <laughs> okay. But I thought, okay. Ex-wife? No, well, you no, didn't ask if he was a murderer. How was I supposed to, you know, no, so I didn't no, no, no. lie. I'm I didn't not, tell you that. I'm not, I'm not talking about big stuff like that. Okay. Like, 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 little, like little like things. Like murder? Right. Okay. That, that, that's, that's completely different. I'm, I'm referring to like, her, the guy she dated after we got yeah. for the audience. Yes. I'm talking like little things. All right. So, yes, little lies. I'm going to put, a, put us all down for that one, then. Uh, let's see. Next thing on the list, things we all do behind closed doors. Uh, well, talking like you're on a talk show. Uh, talking like you're on a talk show or a podcast to nobody but yourself. When I'm cooking alone, I like to pretend that I'm running my own little cooking show with an audience. That's creepy, dude. Well, this goes back to what we <laughs> talked about earlier. When you're talking to yourself, that is what I'm doing. It is as, yeah. as if I'm on the show, like I'm articulating my thoughts and making points and being funny. You are? Oh, yeah. I laugh at myself all the time. People catch me doing that. I make some fun. <laughs> of course you do, dude. That's fantastic. Hilarious. Yeah. I crave <laughs> constant amusement. I can't rely on everyone else to take care of that for me. Exactly. I have to take the into my own hands. And, and I get I, all my references, you know? Yes, exactly. 
exactly. you're the perfect audience, dude. Exactly. I giggle at myself. I, I I wouldn't say that I laugh at like say something funny, like, <laughs> but I giggle at myself almost, you know, like a devious child sometimes. Oh, there's been many times I have some funny quip and then I'll text it to you or to Dottie because I'm like, I need an audience for this one. <laughs> <laughs> this is too big. This is gold right here. Yeah. All right. So we're all getting credit for that one. Uh, let's see here. Stalk others on social media. User <laughs> oh, yeah. shared another secret that we all do. Look at someone's social media to know if they are single or whatever else in the world. So are we stalking people on social medias? Sure. I mean, I, I, uh, sure. not for dating <laughs> purposes, but, you know, like I'll go look into somebody's profile. See, well, who are you married to? Why did you go to school? Why are you such the idiot that you are? Like I'll stalk people. Right. Like I know a lot of people that are on my Facebook feed. They never comment. They never like. But then I see them in public, and they're like, "Oh, I saw you were at the beach last weekend." I'm like, well, "You didn't comment or like it, so you're, you're basically stalking me." <laughs> That's funny, dude. I've never thought of that. I get. That. I've I've heard that too from people. Like, "Oh, weren't you guys just in blah 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 or whatever?" I'm like, "Yeah, you didn't say anything." <laughs> Stalker. Right. First now week. I've I've actually done the, done the anti stalking thing too. When Jen and I first broke up, I didn't unfriend her. I unfollowed her so that I wouldn't see anything of hers. I have to actively make the choice to go and look at it. And then if I'm sad because of something mm. I see, well, it's my own damn fault. There you go. You're just policing your emotions. Yeah. But other than that, oh, yeah, I I stalk like you wouldn't believe. People I grew up with, <laughs> everything, you know, I'm like, I'll think about somebody. I'm like, oh, yeah. And I'll start going to look, look them up online and everything. Do you right. deep dive or just a quick glance? No, no, depending on the person, I'll de- especially with someone I, I hated, I'll deep dive. <laughs> and I'm hoping I'm seeing just lots of misery and awfulness. <laughs> yes, you want to find them unhappy. I get it. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, I will uh, I will tell you. First of all, when it comes to actual exes, with one exception that I'll point out, I don't do any of that stuff because I don't want to know. Like, I'm a reverse stalker. I want you as far away from my life as possible. I don't need to know what your new profile picture is, what your dating status is, what trips you're on. I don't want to know any of that garbage. Um, there are some, like, high school friends or something that, you know, I'll go looking through their profile to try to figure out what's up with their life. But I have started a weird phenomenon of late. It's a phenomenon. It's all your guys' fault. When Jamie and I got divorced, we stayed Facebook friends for a while, but then it got weird because my kids would come to my house and I'd be like, hey, this week I went here. And they're like, yeah, mom told us. She saw it on Facebook. She shared the post. And it got really annoying. And she spoiled something once. It was a big deal. I was trying to sit my kids down and talk to them about it. And she mm. wrecked it because I'd already posted it on Facebook. And so I told Jamie, like, I got a solution for this. Unfriended. Like, you know, goodbye. But you people are all still friends with her. And that's fine. But every now and again, one of you mentions like, oh, that one picture I saw, the her and the kids. And I'm like, well, all right, what'd she post? So I have two Facebook accounts. I have what See, I call. I didn't my, know this. I had no clue. Of what? That I wasn't friends with her anymore. Yeah, exactly. I I had no clue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know you guys are, and that's fine. I that's not a commentary on you guys. You've known her for years. That's totally fine. But that's, every now and again, people nothing to do with it. Did you? Well, for me, you know why I'm friends with her. For the kids, uh, because I don't I want the kids to see that, uh, you know, that anything's weird. Yeah, no, that's fair. But every now and again, someone's like, hey, what was that one picture they were all doing? Or my mom is big of this. Like, what were they all doing? Oh. I'm like, well, let me go look now. So I have two <laughs> Facebook accounts. I have one that I started for my local radio stuff 
where, because I get radio fans asking me to be friends all the time, and I will not let them on my real page, but I have another one. And Jamie yeah. is still friends on that one. So there's been a couple of times where I log into that one. I'm like, oh, what's she doing that everyone's talking about? Like, okay. <laughs> so is that stalking? I suppose in some loose definition it is, but it's more of a like. Forced. Forced stalking. Yeah, you've all piqued my interest. What, what, what was she doing with the kids? My mom was like, she was throwing axes. And I don't, I'm like, axes? <laughs> oh, she went to an axe. Like, once I look at the picture, I'm like, oh, I get it. So, yeah. But, yeah, as a general rule, no, I, I try to avoid that crap with exes. But, uh, yeah, some other random human, sure. Yeah, we're, mark us another one down. What are we, Sace? Seven? We're, uh, we're 100%. Two, four, six, eight. That's number nine right there. So. Wow. All right, next one. Let's get through this. Uh, procrastinate constantly. Oh. Everyone experiences procrastination at some point or other during their lives, whether they choose to admit it or not. But uh, some say, I am so glad I procrastinated long enough to see this and finally know that I am not the only one. So I, I don't know. I I don't know where else you procrastinate besides secretly or behind closed doors, I guess. But Oh, I procrastinate in my personal life all the time. Yeah. My dad gave me that trait, unfortunately. Uh, and, yeah, I'm a huge procrastinator, right out in the open. I, I do it all the time. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, yeah, sure, we do this behind closed doors. I mean, I guess professionally it's a little more obvious. Maybe you're more conscious of it, but I don't know. My to-do list is never-ending. I can never get through it all. So, yeah, I procrastinate on some things. but yeah, That's weird. That almost give us half credit for that one. I don't want full credit for that on mine. Do not, please. Give us half credit. That's a weird Thank one. Thank you. Yeah. Procrastinate behind closed doors. Okay, how uh, how long are your doors closed for that you're procrastinating behind closed doors? Well, come on, I, I'll be honest. There are times where I'm laying in bed after I wake up from uh, sleeping after work, and I know this yard work that needs to be done, and I'll just stay in bed and I'll be like, "Yeah, I don't know if we're going to do that." Yeah, that's I, good. Yeah, that is a really good example, but I guess the problem is, is I don't close doors. <laughs> I don't close doors in my house. We've heard about that with your bathroom <laughs> habits with Rachel. So yeah, but there are mornings I wake up and I'm like, I'm going to give myself 20 minutes just to watch Facebook videos and then I'm going to work out or get ready for work or whatever. Sure. So yeah, okay. Is your door closed though? I mean, if the kids are gone, you know, it's so funny. This is another thing with Dottie. You know, her kids are younger, and I've realized their sense of boundaries are not as established as my teenagers. I walk around naked upstairs in my house all the time because my kids are live downstairs. They would never come upstairs without announcing their presence. They would never come and walk into my room or something. Like, we all have that respect. But Dottie, the first day she brought her kids over, I'm standing in the bathroom peeing, and one of her kids just walks on in. I'm like, hello, door closed. <laughs> Did they see you? I was exposed, so I don't know how they, they saw your peanut. I don't know what they <laughs> didn't see, but I was standing there at my toilet peeing, and I'm just like, even if I don't take it out and play with it, I still like seeing I'm it. Using it. <laughs> my kids would never do that, so now I have to lock the door. You know, realizing there's younger kids in the house, their sense of boundaries aren't as established. It's a new mindset I've had to get back into. But oh god, what are you doing that you're walking around naked so much? Like, do you? You enjoy being naked or are you actively doing stuff getting no, ready? i mean like after the shower or something i have okay. no fear of standing there with the door open and walking to my bedroom and back because i know no one's coming up there and yeah there was one night where i think just my son was home uh, with and dotty and i were here and she was you know we started fooling around in my bedroom she's like you should close the door and lock it and i was like crosby is not coming up here but if it makes you feel better sure wow yeah, I have that faith in the boundaries that have been set up. Well, Nick, I, I, he does come up. He announces upstairs, like, hey, Dad, coming up. Okay. Like, 
Huh? Well, my, my door is always closed. I mean, but Becky will come downstairs sometimes, and I, I'm always naked in my bedroom. I mean, I'm clothed right now, but I and let Did she learn out. that lesson the hard way, or how did that become about that she respects No, she's always, she's always been mindful of that. But she's also, I'm mindful of her privacy upstairs. Like, if I walk upstairs and I think she's getting ready for work, I'll yeah. announce when I walk in the kitchen, right. hey, what's going on? I'm in here. I'm yeah, because you don't want to see that, right? That's my thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm Like with my kids, I knock on their door because if you are doing something in there, I don't want to see it. Like, you know, boundaries, people. Yeah, fair warning. Yeah, exactly. Dude, my dad walked around naked my whole life while I was I know. growing up. Some things are just for the nude. Well, <laughs> and some things are household specific. You know, Dottie has told me that there's... Uh, a certain level of nudity in that house. So people coming and going from showers or bathrooms, that's just some families work that way, and that's totally fine. Just not my family. It's not how I was brought up. It's not what I do with my kids. So there's boundaries yeah. that feel healthy to me, but maybe other people think it's weird. I, don't know. I think it's great, dude. Each his own. Uh, so what do we get on the mark? What were we just talking about? Procrastinating? <laughs> Why am I naked? Yes, procrastination. Oh, procrastinating. I, okay, I was going to say, I don't know where this actually came from. <laughs> what are you we talking got? about naked walking, dude? Who knows? That's the fun of the show. Things sometimes drift. But. Okay, number 11. They call it household shenanigans. Uh, an example is one person said, everyone has run up and down their stairs on all fours at one point, right? I mean, why not? You're home alone. No. So do you do goofy things home alone in your house that you would not what people nope. know about or do I No, dude. I, especially not walk on all fours up and down <laughs> my stairs, dude. I can hardly get on my all fours, okay? <laughs> this is a good one. I'm trying to think about that. Like some weird little fun thing I do at my house alone. I mean, when I was little. I used to climb my door jams and pretend I was Spider-Man, but sure. I, I gave that habit up years ago. Now, at least a year ago, anyways. Um, but besides <laughs> that, I don't know. I mean, singing maybe, but I don't, I don't know. Brewski, do you do any weird shenanigans at the house? Nothing I can think of. Nothing that's that, all that strange. I mean. Yeah. I'm wondering if I've done it so much, I don't think it's weird. You know? <laughs> Yo, then does that too. Does that yeah. too, where you're like, it's kind of like we all have different food things that, that, that we like that other people might think is strange. Right. Mm. But I certainly I can think- dance around the house. I do some weird, uh, you know, uh, pretending I'm in a concert. Oh. Rock, you know? Like, I wouldn't do that if people were. I, well, I do. Sure that. you would. You would. I, I have. Well, at a concert, not if just people are over the house having cocktails and I'm putting the air horns up thinking about that. wouldn't? See, no. dude, I'm, I'm opposite. If I'm doing anything, I, I want... Uh, I would like an audience. I would like Rachel to see me and be like, yeah. You know, like I, I'm not doing it for any other reason than attention. Okay. That sounds right for you. So yeah. <laughs> I've, I've gotten caught doing certain things. Uh, like one time I was brushing my teeth and did you ever see in Pee Wee's Big Adventure when he's brushing his teeth and he starts getting toothpaste on his mouth and he starts going, Mad Dog, Mad, Mad Dog. dog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was doing that in the bathroom and all of a sudden I felt like something was going on and I looked to my left and there's my dad, Cadillac Jack, is standing there looking at me and he's shaking his head and he says, effing soft, effing soft, this kid of mine. It's time for another brewski. This one is a crazy brewski. <laughs> My God. I think that qualifies. And what it, it really qualifies and- well. Just the fact that you want an audience makes it a little different. But. <laughs> No, I would. My point being, I would do it in front of an audience or by myself. I, I'll do it. I don't want. So I don't want any mark for that. Please, mm, I'm, I'm not. It's a half mark, just because two out of three of us have at least some level of weirdness. All right. Yeah. 
but that's debatable. No, I don't race up and down on all fours. <laughs> What's a stupid thing to do, dude? If you have carpet, you now have carpet burn. And if you have wood floored stairs, it's going to hurt, dude. I do occasionally get carpet burn on my knees, but that's a whole different thing going on. Oh, hey <laughs> No joke. It is a bit of a rim shot, though, sometimes, if you know what I mean. So. Well, tell me, what, why are you on your knees on the carpet? For doggy? Uh, what are you my, doing down there? Uh, my house, uh, boy, my upstairs is squeaky. So if Dottie and I are on the bed and there's kids downstairs, you don't need the squeaky, squeaky, squeaky. So sometimes you got to find a solid spot on the floor and be able to finish things off there. And yeah, there's been at least twice recently where I'm like, my knees are burning. Like, I, I get the yoga mat out or something. Like, I can't, I can't be grinding on the carpet like this. Throw a sheet down. Come on, dude. Let's be respectful to your knees. Just put some knee pads on. Yeah. <laughs> like, like a volleyball player. Dad, why are you wearing knee pads? Go to bed. Got to do some roofing work. <laughs> Later, kids. Pile in the bathroom. Oh, that's why. So that happens. Uh, all right. So next one on the list is a uh, facial uh, excavation. Many users uh, admit to spending too much time digging at their faces, doing a complete visual analysis: pimples, blackheads, wrinkles, crow's feet, whatever. None of it for me. No. Really? Nope. Interesting. I definitely do it. You do? Oh, yeah. Like, I'm pick absolutely. at your face? I, I mean, when necessary, yeah. I mean, I still deal with acne, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, I don't know, facial hair things or just looking at, like, the wrinkles in my forehead I've brought up. Like, yeah, I got a pretty acute sense of what's going on with my face. I do. I, especially with the wrinkle thing, uh, Rachel does it constantly. And I guess I see why some people do it, but... Uh, again, I cannot change it. I mean, this is who I am, so let's go. You know what I mean? Well, you could change some of these things. What? I'm going to get Botox? Botox? No. A, a little retinol cream, you know? Just yeah, a little cream, you know, slow things down. I put lotion on my face when I get out of the shower. Uh, Rachel uses that retinol. You know how dangerous that is, by the way? She put a, she's got a laser, a red light mask that she wears. <laughs> yeah. She put retinol on and then put this mask on and went to bed and it burned her so bad oh. because that retinol makes your skin extra easy to burn. Listen, I'm not saying it's a healthy thing or that some of these solutions may or may not work, but yeah, I'm acutely aware of uh, my face and look in the mirror a lot and think, was that there with that spot? <laughs> Brewski? I do pick at like on the sides of my nose here my glasses they get all sweaty and sure so i get oil that builds up along your nose there and you start getting pimples and that sort of thing so i'll i'll pick at that i have an assignment for nick yeah when rachel comes home go over to her with like the v for victory thing yeah and touch the side of her face and say and no, let, us, yeah, yeah. let us know how it works out <laughs> yeah i'm sure dude i'm sure why don't you have steve do that dotty Right. It's how to ruin a relationship in one quick step. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got to give us credit. Nick, I, I'm glad you're comfortable in your own skin. That's good. But uh, you're the exception of the rule. I think most people probably do that, like Brewski and I. So. Yeah. So we're, we pulled the average down. All right. All right. Uh, what do we got? Like two of these left, I think. Okay. How about this one? And let's all be honest here, as I know we will be. Observing the toilet. A man shares that everyone looks at the toilet after they finished. It's just human nature. You want to see your leavings. You want to examine your poo is basically what this is saying. Ah, 
when you said finished, I, I thought you I thought you were talking about something else. I was Making like, love nah. to the toilets? And <laughs> no, just like, yeah, yeah. I look at my poo. It's a healthy thing to do. That is right. I have heard doctors say that, that actually everyone should examine their feces because it's an indication of health. And if you're seeing weird things, then that's yeah. one of the indicators. So part of life. And sometimes I'm impressed where afterwards I'm like, I got to see what that thing was because, man, that, that was <laughs> that was an effort. I'm not doing pictures anymore. I'm not doing pictures anymore. anymore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, you know, if it's impressive, and it's not that often. It's just a regular poo, dude. But if I have impressive, maybe once or twice a year, I got to tell somebody, like, that was impressive. Bruski? You want to you wanna inspect that food, baby? <laughs> so, do you examine your leavings? Yeah, of course. You know, of course. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just human, dude. Uh, last one on the list. Uh, and again, these are things that we're all guilty of doing behind closed doors. Mindless smartphone usage. How many of us mindlessly grab and unlock our phones for apparently no reason or open your phone for a purpose, but you immediately get distracted and start surfing Facebook or whatever? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, right. I don't mindlessly grab my phone. It's always uh, mindful, you know, like, uh, but I do get completely distracted on it and, you know, do something. Look at TikTok. Look at Facebook. Yep. I- I've definitely done that where I open my phone for something oh, yeah. and I start getting distracted. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I was going to go Google something and now I'm looking at, you know, dirt bike videos or. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, then with our two half credits, that does give us a, a 14 out of 15. So, Oh, good. Well, we've proved them wrong. Now, this brings us to an uh, interesting segue over that uh, Nick's got a list. What's your discovery? Get over here, Nick. I'm right here, dude. The list I hold in my hand, Stephen Arnis, is a list of the average age people lose their virginity from different countries around the world. Culturally, you know we're a lot different than uh, a lot of other countries when it comes to how comfortable we are with sex when we start having it, what we show yeah. on TV, what we don't. Yeah. Uh, when is the best time to share our ages, before or after this list, to see how we compare? My personal thought is before. I think that's the way we started off, just to see where we fall into this. Okay. So let's pick Steve Harness for 300, Alex. Sure. I was on the late side of things. Uh, I was 19. Okay. Keep in mind, I was trying since about age 15, but uh, 19 is when it actually happened. It was just, why Why do why do you have such a struggle, dude? Uh, I why up, did it take you so long? Uh, I grew up in a small town. We had about 100 kids in our class. Everyone knew everyone. Um, I had this weird incident in middle school where the hottest, most popular girl in school came after me, and we started dating. And some of the guys in the school were such in such disbelief that this one guy, Gabe Bernhardt, um, he was, he was not aged well. Speaking of Facebook stalking, sorry, Gabe. Hi, uh, Gabe. He bet me. He was like, you're not going to make it a month with Myra. Like, are you kidding me? The most popular girl in school. So I took the bet with him. And then he started telling people and all these other guys started coming. I started having this bet going with a whole bunch of guys and Myra found out and was pissed off. And it's an 80s yeah. movie, dude. It's, I yeah. mean, this is an 80s movie in the making. Yes, and she told every girl in our grade, like, Steve Harness, blacklisted, do not. And that stuck with me for several years. It made it really difficult to date. You were put in the poon corner, dude. I mean, no poon for you. And I've told the story. My junior prom, um, you know, the woman I was with wanted to have sex, and I just kind of got cold feet and was like, we're going to do a little petting and stuff. But I didn't want to have sex. She tried to kill herself the next day because it was old debacle. Yeah. I had a lot of entanglements. I was also kind of typecast as this bookworm for some reason in my school. 
school because I was smart in the second grade, and somehow that stuck with me forever. It wasn't until I got out of high school. I had long hair. I was playing in a rock band. As soon as that happened, it was easy. Like, that's, you know, the first girls, uh, the first couple of women I was with was directly tied to the band. So, yeah, it took me to get out of high school and on my own before I was able to seal the deal. So 19 for me. Practice the guitar, Crosby. That guitar still is getting me chicks. I mean, come on. Dottie loves it when I play guitar. Brewski age, you lost your virginity. Like Steve, I was 19, almost 20. Not for lack of trying or what? It was with my first girlfriend, too. And this was also the first person that was not a family member to tell me that they loved me. So it was kind of a big deal, you know? Um, As for me, chicks didn't go for me when I was in school. They just didn't. If given the opportunity, would you have done it younger? At the time, I wanted to, yeah. I was, not like I wasn't trying, because I was. Were you searching for it to be special? Just happened to work out that way. Okay. What I should have done was gone to camp. I went to Boy Scout camp, which was like <laughs> no chicks or anything like that. All these kids I knew who went to summer camp are all getting at least handies at, at summer camp. And I'm just like, how come I'm not going to that camp there, you know? Did either of the two of you get a blowy or a handy or anything before sex? Nope. I mean, nope. kissing, but that was it. Yeah, wow. kissing, touching on the outside of the pants, but nobody ever kind of went digging in. Just yeah. humping, yeah. Uh, there was an ugly chick that threw herself at me, too, in high school. Where I was just like, nah, I'm holding out for a little better. Sorry. <laughs> holding out for a hero, dude. Right. So, uh, Dick, how old? I know you're on the younger side. Yeah, I was 15 and a half, which is Woo! could be, you know, younger. All right, so we got 15, 19, and 19. So let's see where we stack up against the global averages. Oh, jeez. All right, Iceland, uh, 15.6 years old, okay? Yeah. And you would say, oh, okay, that's kind of average, but it's uh, cold out there. Iceland is the nice one. Greenland well, is the cold could, one. You got you to also be careful I- in Iceland. They actually have um, a database that you can actually check to make sure that somebody you're dating is not related to you. Uh, I would imagine you'd have to. It's a small island, ultimately. It's a small, it's and there's a, a, there, a lot of people from, yeah. like, Norwegian countries have lived there. Right. That's why they're all blonde-haired, blue-eyed albinos, because they're all related. <laughs> so, it's so cold. I mean, it just makes them pale, dude. Listen, exactly. I'm assuming f- European numbers are going to be lower, but let's see how this pans Yeah, go for it. Out of the 41 countries studied, people in Iceland were found to have sex for the first time 15.6. Number two, Germany, 15.9 years old. Nine? Nine. 15.9. If she says nine, you got to respect that, gentleman. My favorite people, man. They are so pervy. I love the Germans. Right. They they are kinky people in Germany. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Yeah, so that's actually surprising. I would have thought it would have been a little younger. So, okay. Number three is Sweden, 16.1 years old. Uh, number four, United Kingdom, 16.6 years old. Mm, with all the bad dental work there, I would have thought it would have been much older. <laughs> uh, number five on the list is the good old US of A. It's America at 16.9 years old. Okay. That's the average in our Basically country. 17 then. But yeah. the South pulls that average down. Let's be real. Yeah. Go on. Uh, we sit right under our neighbors, Canada, who is 17 years old, okay? Okay. France, 17.2 years old, right around 17. Ireland, 17.3. Hold on. The French thing, that surprises oh, me. Wait, They're wait. so overtly sexual there. That's And they drink at such a young age. Though. A lot of blowies. A lot of uh, blowies and handies, all right? A lot of yeah. French kissing, I would imagine. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Number right. eight, this is crazy. I mean, this is the, we're talking about the language of love 
Ciabella. Italy is Italy. 18.1 years old. Wow. That is interesting. But they're really religious there, though, too. That's yeah, true. but Catholic. I mean, we yeah. can, come on. Uh, we can, we can. 18, but then they have 30 kids after that. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Number nine on the list is Vietnam, 19.6 years old. India, 19.8. I would have thought that would be older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have thought that, too. Consensually. I guess in Vietnam, they weren't me so horny, you know? <laughs> right. Or being sold into an arranged marriage or whatever. So Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, around this country, where does the U.S. fall? Boys, 17. Yeah. Right? Well, okay. So, who was number one again? What was the youngest age? Uh, it was Iceland, where it's so cold. It was uh, 15.6 degrees. It's so green. They're out roaming the countryside, <laughs> just banging away as teenagers at 15. Uh, 15, interesting. All right. Well, high school kids, if you're looking to hook up, move to Iceland, apparently, because there are a bunch of sluts over there. <laughs> well, Don't, do you not find it uh, ironic that Germany was number two with 15.9 years old? That's about. That's right where I was. I didn't realize that was on the, the Germany was on the younger end because we were saying that they're very sexual people there. I guess I thought some of these countries were going to end up at 13, 14 or whatever, but. Well, with Nikki's family being from Germany, it makes sense, you know? He's he's falling right in line, you know? Staying culturally appropriate. That's right. So now we know. You can see where you fall on the list. You don't have to have sex, dude. Why? You don't have to do it. You don't have to lose your virginity. If you want to wait until you're married, you could do that. It may be a mistake yes. if you don't realize your sexual compatibility and what you like. It takes a while to learn what you like, what you don't like. Yeah, and to me, that's part of why you don't want to marry your high school sweethearts or the first person you ever yeah. left it with, because you don't know what you're missing out on. you got to go experiment a little, you know, sample everything in the buffet before you fill your plate with one item, you know? And when Steve got a little bit older, you thought, oh, this is an important thing to realize in a relationship, right? What? Sex? Compatibility? Oh, God, oh, yes. We yeah. I was, uh, literally, I was just talking to Dottie about this, too. Like, I was kind of running down the list of things that I find amazing about her, you know, smart and beautiful and rock and roll loving and lefty liberal politically and herbally friendly and sexually compatible. And I was like, I don't throw that on the list lightheartedly because I spent 20 years of my life between Laura and Jamie with women that I was not sexually compatible with. 20 years. And it did bad things to me mentally and psychologically. I mean, it just, I, now that I've gotten away from that and I've been in a couple of relationships where things are more sexually compatible, I've realized how badly I was starving myself of something that means something to me. It's important to me. It may not be to everyone, but so yeah, being sexually compatible with somebody I think is hugely important. You just don't want to be stuck playing with your pain on your own. Even if I don't take it out and play with it, I still like seeing it. Well, I mean, you can look at it anytime you want, dude. <laughs> I'm just going to record a few things and take the next few weeks off. You guys just let me chime in whenever you need me to. Uh, we should probably wind down the program, gentlemen. Uh, thank you for your list today, Steve. Thank you for, uh, you know, the virginity talk. It was all good, dude. I feel better about where we are in life. So there you go. All right. We're here to make everyone feel better. Or at least not as bad. I'm hoping that maybe this kind of helps Steve with uh, any sort of nervousness he might have for when he needs to have that talk with Crods. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was. He sat down with them quickly and explained a little bit to him. Even if I don't take it out and play with it, I still like seeing it. So it's <laughs> <laughs> just quick. All right. Brewski, say goodbye. Goodbye, Brewski. Test one, two, test one, two. Stop. <laughs> 